If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. What is up, bench warmers? Presented by the Variety Sports Network. This is Far Into the Bench, episode 127. We are live, Nico. We are live. We can finally say it because it's true. Live for uh, the first time. Well, we're going to count this a little bit as our March slash February live show. We said that we'd be giving you one every month. Obviously, with March coming up, we know why we would be going live during then. But this is a great time. We have so- a lot of good friends that know a lot of sports. So, You've been following us on social media at FEOTB Pod, like everybody should. You are already aware, but we're going to have a couple of our very talented friends, Griffin Youngs from the Tell It As It Is podcast, uh, where they talk all Colorado Avalanche hockey and then also the NHL world as a whole. He's going to jump on. He's going to catch everybody up with what's been going on there. And uh, then we're going to have Darren, who's, I mean, he's been, uh, he was the host of the Talking the Gridiron show here on the Variety Sports Network, so we know he knows his football. He's also a huge basketball fan, and uh, we're going to have him on to talk a little bit about the NBA. It'll be interesting to see how that goes, because I, if you know us, you know, and, and I'll bring Nico in here uh, for this one. Nico, my co-host, uh, but you're, we're Nuggets guys. Darren and and the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports guys are huge Warriors fans, so I'm interested to see how this whole thing is going to go. If, are we going to be able to keep it civil? Is my question. All I'm going to say is there's only one team that's the best in the West right now, so I'll just keep it as that. Okay, so so you, you can expect fireworks because boy oh boy, this team, woohoo, this team. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'll, I'll say the rest for later, but this team right now. Is 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 giving me great vibes. They are. I mean, it's tough to discuss. It's tough to argue with the number one ranking in the West, and it is by quite a heavy margin. So it, it continues to grow every single day. I, I believe I know right now, after the win tonight, they have the best record in the NBA. Actually, even we just yeah. we just won like ten, five minutes ago, ten minutes ago. I, I believe that's now we have the number one record in the NBA. So not just the best record in the West, the number one seed in the NBA. Thank you very much. Number one seed in the NBA, which is a good, I mean, this will be our segue. So Nico Bryant, Jimmy Pilato here, episode 127 of the far end of the bench. Let's go ahead. Uh, it's been a while, but we finally have him back on here from the tell it as it is podcast co-hosted with uh, himself and Christian Bollet talking all things avalanche hockey, Griffin Young's uh, you're staying up late with us. We appreciate it. And the bench warmers are going to appreciate it, especially because we, we've been very focused on the NFL playoffs and we, we need to catch up on our hockey news. So Griffin, thank you for joining us and uh, staying up a little bit late. No problem, boys. This is a pleasure once again for me to join us. Honestly, not that late at all. We record episodes much later. We recorded it at midnight last night, my time. So this is nothing. Yeah, no, that's the thing about that before. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about watching, uh, being a fan of the Avalanche, especially when you're living in places like, I mean, even in Colorado, it's a little unfeasible. They start at 7.30, and I, I would like to get bed at a reasonable time. Overtime kind of throws that out of whack, but I, I can't even imagine being an East Coast Avalanche fan, so kudos to you. And uh, I we mention your podcast quite a bit. We we listen, obviously, to try and keep up with, with our team, and I really enjoy what you and Christian bring, so before we get into the current NHL, I wanted to give you a chance to uh, talk about your guys' show and uh, tell people where the bench warmers that haven't heard, it's, it, since it has been a while, where they can find your show and listen to you and Christian talk about the ads. Yes, yeah, so obviously, uh, 
I run the Tell It As It Is podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Twice a week, just talking all things as all news breaking, that sort of thing. Real simple stuff, not overly complicated. You don't need to be a huge hockey fan. We try to keep it simple, try to keep it fun, because that's really all that matters. We couldn't agree more. I mean, that's the the kind of relationship that you guys bring. I, I see a lot of of Nico and myself in in, in your uh, conversations there. But, but I guess let's start off. I mean, do we want to save the Avs? Do we want to kick it off with the defending Stanley Cup champions? Do we want to maybe circle back around? I don't know if you've heard, but our new network here at the Variety Sports Network, they're huge Blues fans. They're from St. Louis, unfortunately. Yeah, and yeah, I, I actually I'm gonna be sending this jersey that I'm wearing to our our CEO. He lost a bet with me. He has to teach a full day in a Colorado Avalanche sweater. So where do you? I'll let you start since you you've been paying a lot more attention to the hockey landscape. Yeah, actually, if you guys want to give me just one second, I can fix a lot of my connection issues for one second because my stuff went down on my laptop, and I can. Just give me one sec and I can hop back in super quick and have it actually be a listenable audio. Sure. We, we can, we'll kick you out and then we'll have you jump back on. Great. All right. Awesome. So- I mean, I have some interesting questions because obviously, look, I haven't been, obviously, I watch a lot more basketball. I mean, I do watch a lot of hockey, but during the football season, it's football and basketball for me, unlike football and hockey for you. But there's some question marks. I mean, the Avs right now, we've been, we've been getting hot. I mean, we, we were we were struggling there at the beginning of the year, and um, I, I don't know when the trade deadline is, but a lot of stuff seems to be going down. I think this week, um, I, obviously Griffin probably knows more about it, but man, much better. A lot of things are there wrong. we go. Yeah, no, and I think that's a great. I mean, that's what I was going to bring up too. We brought you on at the exact right time. We were going to try and do a preseason or earlier on in the season, and knowing what we know about the Avalanche season so far, that wouldn't have been the right time. We're coming off probably one of the best weeks of Avalanche hockey for this season where you get an absolute trouncing of the the Blues after they trade Ryan O'Reilly, which you can say if that played a factor into it, didn't play a factor into it. But then you also get that comeback overtime win against the Oilers. Um, so it, it, it couldn't be a better time to have you on and, and kind of talk about maybe Nico said it. Are we catching? I don't know if it'll, it'll be the same streak from last year, but it seems like we could catch a little bit of that streak. Yeah, I mean – Last year's team is going to be pretty tough to even match at any point, considering that is as close as probably we'll ever get to a perfectly constructed roster. But the Avs this season have dealt with a lot of injuries. Unfortunately, Gabe Landeskog has still yet to play a single game with this team. Bo Byram has missed most of the season, only recently come back. Kale McCarr now dealing with concussion issues. Lest we forget, two months ago, December, this team was basically icing the Eagles. But now that this team is healthy, almost for the first time, still waiting for Gabe to come back and McCarr still dealing with some stuff, this team is starting to roll. And don't look now, but those standings against Winnipeg and Dallas are a lot closer than they were a couple of weeks ago with a huge win against them on Friday. Then the Avs would all of a sudden be two points behind them. Dallas has been struggling the last couple of games. We could be talking in a couple of weeks. The Avs are now all of a sudden winning the Central again after being 10 points back at the all-star break. Dallas lost five straight. I mean, I mean, like, like, and we have a couple games in hand too. So this is definitely not out of the question at all. No, not, not in the least bit. Like I'm saying, if you get this big win against Winnipeg tomorrow on Friday, then all of a sudden you're talking, you're two points behind them with three games in hand on them and only 
three points back of Dallas with two games in hand on them. And plus next week you're playing the stars again. So you're going to have a really big game against them. If you find a way to get two points in all of those games, this is very much a thing that's going to happen. And the abs are not going to have to limp into the playoffs and hope to be able to do this without home ice. They're in a very good spot because the West is awful this season. I have never seen a conference this especially bad. especially oh, comparatively. Like you almost have to look at the standings if you have them side by side, you got to be like, okay, this is this is the AHL side here in the West and then that's the actual NHL over here. You got I mean I mentioned it with the Ryan O'Reilly trade but like that makes the the Leafs possibly getting out of the first round of the playoffs this year even that much more compelling. Uh and Boston with the run that they've been on, there's a ton of great teams and teams that have been making trades. What do you think about that, by the way? I know that we haven't really got to the trade deadline yet, but we've seen a lot of big moves. Bo Horvat to the Islanders, uh, O'Reilly and Tarasenko being shipped out of St. Louis, and the fact that Minnesota jumped in for whatever reason to make sure that Toronto didn't have to carry a cap penalty for that, that trade. But why, why do you think that we're seeing a whole bunch of these these things go down before the trade deadline, much to the chagrin of NHL Network and, and possibly NHL analysts that, that talk about the league? I think we've seen over the last couple of years is that the more time you give a lot of these guys with your team and with your system, even if it's just a couple of weeks, it's only going to do them better and better. Because sometimes you've seen really good players go to good teams and just for some reason it doesn't work. And that starts to work right at the very end, almost when it's too late. And so... This way, it gives teams a lot more time to get guys implemented in their system. The Avs, they did something similar with Matt Nieto almost a month ago, a guy who already knows their system. They made the move with Dennis Malgan a couple of months ago as well. And the East is not done because Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway are now Boston Bruins as of a couple hours ago. Yeah, I'm really not excited to see that at all. It is a bunch of axe murderers in the East right now. And I'm very glad that the Avalanche are in the West and are not going to have to deal with any of that until the Stanley Cup final at the earliest when all of those teams have beaten the crap out of each other. Adding on to to the trade deadline question there for you, um, an injury that you didn't bring up that's the most fatal injury in my opinion, the one that he's not – there's no timetable and doesn't look like he'll be back is EJ. EJ just went down, and, and and we saw how impactful he was last year having him on the ice. Look, he's not he, – he was not what he has been this year. Absolutely not. Um, but w- w- the previous two postseasons, not having him on the ice, obviously hurt the toughness of this team. Do you think that, that that's a position that the Avs need to go try and try, try to get, a, get a, a depth guy, maybe another Jack Johnson of sorts, or do you trust guys like Andreas Englund um, to, to step into that role because, look, EJ is not a top defenseman for us anymore, but he brings that veteran presence on the back end that, that's going to be missed. Yeah, I think now that you know Eric Johnson with a broken ankle is going to miss six to eight weeks, probably at least until the beginning of the playoffs. That is that is insane. Like, how do you how do you break your ankle and go, I'll be good in like a month and a half, two months? That should yeah. be fine. And it sucks because coming into this season – I would say, no, you don't touch the defense at the trade deadline. They wouldn't play. But now that you've had most of the defense injured for most of the season and you're probably going into game one of the playoffs with an open spot, yeah, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to maybe address some of those moves. And my ideal guy would be Scott Mayfield from the New York Islanders. I don't think they're going to be doing that because right now they're the number one wild card in the East. But I think – plans change a little bit as Christian and I talked about on our last episode is like, obviously the ideal plan is you get your second line center, you know, your Nazem Kadri replacement 
Ideally, I would like that to be Adam Henrique from the Anaheim Ducks. But JT Comfer has done a really good job in that role. And if you can shore up your defense with a little more insurance and maybe add a top nine forward, doesn't have to be a center, could be a winger as well. I think that's a perfectly fine trade deadline for the abs. And even still with the West this bad, I'm still waiting for that domino to fall for Dallas to make that trade for Winnipeg or Vegas or Edmonton to make that trade because they've all been out East options are starting to run out for these guys in the West. It feels like the one team that uh, everyone is seeing engaging interest on is is the that team in Chicago that 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 is trying to get rid of everybody. But those prices seem to be a little bit too high. It seems like, um, in, in my opinion, I, I look I look look at the past goalies that the Avs have had. Right, Grubauer only successful because of the defense in front of you. Put him in Seattle, horrendous. Darcy Kemper. Great here with a great defense in front of him. Goes to Washington. Obviously, Griffin, you know a little bit more about that. Not had a great season compared to what he had last year and the years before. Georgiev and and Frankie back there with good defense in front of him. I think like that's that's got to be the piece. Um, Erod was a two C at one point. Um, I think when Landy comes back, Erod could fill that if need be. Um, I think if you get another depth piece, I'm not looking for – because like I said, JT Comfer, I think, has had one of the best years of his career this year. Um, And he has been outstanding just – Everyone's like just writing him off as a three C, and he's he's proved why he could be the two C in this team. So, like like I said, I, I think in my opinion that 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 back end is where you make your money because when you face, I'm not saying not until the Stanley Cup, but Vasilevsky in the playoffs, for instance, you got to have a back end that 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 can win you a one zero game or a two one game, not a five to four game. Yeah, and the Avalanche's defense, when it is healthy, even without Eric Johnson, I believe is able to do that. Andreas Anglin has had a very good season. Brad Hunt has been able to work in a pinch. But when you're starting to get into those playoff series, I really don't think the plan should be to have those guys starting game one. If people get hurt and they have to come in during the playoffs, I don't think it's the end of the world. But I do think you're right. You need to shore up that defense just a little bit. Don't need to add a huge name. But just a guy, a rental that you can play in that number six role, probably along with Gerard, and have it just be fine. I mean, the way that this season's worked out, you we were all jumping off the walls. I, I listened to you guys talk about it when Manson was re-signed because, honestly, he was my favorite player from that Stanley Cup run. Talk about him getting down in front of the net against the Blues and then just kind of that extra edge he, got, he brought. You got to even be jumping up and down more of just seeing – we didn't expect the defense to look like this. We did not expect them to to have to struggle and push through as much as they've been able to go through. But without those guys, I think then we're maybe even having to talk about splitting what they are looking for at the deadline. They can kind of go wherever they need to. And in the last few years, the Avalanche's depth trades that they've done at the deadline have actually paid off a little bit more than maybe their big splash moves. But yeah, I, I'm kind of – I'm swinging a little bit more away from getting that big name. I was one of the people like maybe Kane, a little restitution project, Taves, so, somebody like that. I was really into Bo Horvat for, for a while until he went up to New York. But it, it does kind of, you know, it, not only are the GMs and, and those people in for trade deadlines, you also have to negotiate the contracts in the offseason. And they've set themselves up with as bad as everything's gone. It could be a lot worse. That's what I think that Avalanche fans, especially maybe some that are a little bit more passionate, like to, to go bad on the team a little bit quicker, like myself. I don't I don't know if you know this, Griffin, but when we first started our podcast, 
I was calling for Jared Bednar's job and Joe Sackick's job. I was saying that they weren't able to get it done. It was after the, the stars lost in the bubble. I was like, it's over. I'm done with it. But they, they've done a hell of a job. They set themselves up to, to deal with all of this adversity. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting end of the season because they're really starting to turn it on all of a sudden. Like I said, they're right behind Winnipeg. One big win against them tomorrow. They're really nipping at their heels. Dallas has really fallen off. The Avs can still end up with the top seed in the Western Conference, and that is shocking given how they played in December and January when this team just couldn't really string good performances together because of a lot of their injuries. And they still have the opportunity to take advantage of a really bad conference in the West. And even if one of those teams does make a big splash and a big addition, the Avs are still and always going to be the team to beat until somebody beats them in the West. Edmonton has not separated themselves from the pack. Dallas has not done that. Vegas has not done that. It's just been, are the Avs healthy? And if they are, who's going to stop them? Because there are teams in the West that can beat them. There, they can, they can, it's a possibility, but the only team in the West that's going to win the Stanley Cup, even has a chance, is the Avalanche. If any other West team is in that Stanley Cup final, they will lose. So, so one, one thing that's been weighing on my mind as, as I've been watching, like, like the injuries come through when everything and seeing what other teams are doing across the league, why in the world aren't we just abusing the LTIR? Like, like what, what are we? I mean, we saw look, what, what Tampa Bay did with Kucherov. Um, uh, Vegas just uh, LTIR'd, um, um, I think it was Mark, Mark Stone. Mark Stone. Mark Stone and, and you have, looks like EJ will be out for the rest of the season, right? At minimum. And then Landy, there's still no timetable. The guy just stepped foot on the ice last week. Um, like, like, why Why not? I mean, that's, we're looking at six, seven million. Seven million cap space that could be used if I'm not. I don't think this team needs a big name by any means, but why not? Like, like I said, if you if you are this confident that the rest is this bad, why not just put a stamp on it and make it no doubt? Well, the thing is, is that I don't think cap space is currently the issue with the trade deadline. It's the lack of things we have to trade. We have our first round pick this year and next, and we don't draft again until the fifth round. And our prospect pool is almost completely depleted at this point. And I, I believe Eric Johnson is going to go on LTIR. I think they're still just working out what that's going to look like. Landeskog, the timetable we've got right now is mid-March. He's starting to skate. He's starting to get his legs back under him. They're not going to rush him. But Landeskog, unless something goes wrong, is going to be back before the end of the regular season. And I think that's going to be important for him. And the Avs... With EJ especially probably going LTIR, they have the the room to make almost any move they want. It's just a matter of if it comes down to a bidding war, for example, Adam Henrique, the Avs do not have the firepower in trade talks to get that guy. If you have if you're going up against a team like Dallas or the Rangers or the Bruins, if someone really wants him, odds are they have the better draft capital and better prospect capital to go and get them. The Avs are gonna have to find probably a guy. That's lower in value. And for a guy like Adam Henrique, who's going to be signed after this season, even if the Ducks retain, that makes keeping JT Comfer hard. That makes keeping Evan Rodriguez hard. Then you're probably looking at, do we have to move that Sam Gerrard money around? It's a lot more than just that because the rental market for especially what we need is almost dry at this point. Ryan O'Reilly, like we've said, is with the Leafs. Jonathan Taze is not going to get traded. And a lot of those upcoming UFA centers are on playoff teams. And there's just not a lot this team can really do at this point. Even if they put EJ on LTIR, which they probably will, it's a matter of acquisition cost. 
You, you know what they say, though, Griffin? Fuck them picks. <laughs> we, 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 I ain't watching the draft. We ain't, we ain't, not three of us, we don't care about the draft. Obviously, if we don't win, maybe we will, but we got high hopes over here. Like, we look, look, look in reality, 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 if, if you have a couple first round picks, like, I'm not sure what the, what, what the, what the bidding war would be for some of these top guys, but. I think Joe and I, and, I, and I think McFarland both know that this is your fucking window. You better get this on your horse, right? You you don't get you saw what happened when when the Avs thought they were something back in 2013 with Watt coach, right? You you thought you had a squad of boys and then everything fell apart. You had you had uh, uh, coaching issues, you had uh, character issues on the team, and then you were one of the worst t- teams in in NHL history. So, so like, like I said, if you if you want it, you got to go fucking get it. And, well, there's, a, there's also the thing about that 2013 team is that their shooting percentage through the roof, yeah, save percentage yeah. through the roof. Patrick Waugh, short shelf life, yeah. and this team has shown that it is a lot more stable. And I'm I'm not opposed to trading that first round pick. It's just that's if we want anything, that's our only option. And for a guy like Adam Henrique, I keep bringing up Henrique. That's just the starter for every team. Every team is going to have that first round pick on the table and it's going to be, what else can you give us in return? And is it going to be for us? Is John Luke foodie enough to match what another package would be for a different team? And there's also the matter of you need the ducks to retain salary. And if you're getting half, you're going to be talking more at that point. And other teams just have more of those assets. And are you comfortable giving those up for Adam Henrique, who is a decent player? Would definitely be a really good player on this team, but he's not Ryan O'Reilly, for example. No, he's uh, he's Nico Sturm. I was having trouble thinking of the name. He'd be a Nico. A- Adam Henrique would be far better than Nico. I I he get might, it, but like that's that that's the the level because I mean let's remember and and the guys that we have. I know that you're you're on here to talk about the NHL and just for the bench warmers watching, we are going to have some basketball guys talking. They're Sharks fans, so they know all about Nico Sturm now and and everything that's happened. I, I put it up on the screen. It's something that I heard just listening to one of the local Denver radio guys talk about the Avs. And he was, he covered the team. He started covering the team after they won the 96 cup. So he's seen the first two Stanley cups. And what he talked about was those late nineties, early two thousands avalanche teams left a lot of cups on the table. I get that the red wings were good. The stars ended up winning a cup in that time, but it was all, it always seemed like they were just, that close kind of like how we were talking about before this last playoff run and i don't want the avalanche to do that again i don't want to live through another well we were we should have won two to three within the span of a few years but we just kind of sat around we left some cups on the table so in your opinion other i mean you've mentioned the henrik trade is there anything else that they that we can maybe see them doing here to to try and go with this mantra because Sackett lived through it i mean he was on those teams that, that probably left some of those championships on the table so what are you what are you seeing in, in your eyes, Griffin? Well, I think Adam Henrique would be number one on my list. There's one today that I love. I don't know if it's possible, but if you can get Nick Schmaltz from Arizona and his pretty decently long contract, I don't care about acquisition costs at that point. Nick Schmaltz would be the perfect addition to this team, and you're not leaving anything on the table with him as your second line center. And I think the Avs are going to make moves. I just don't know if it's going to be as big of a name as a lot of people are hoping. I think they're going to shore up probably their third line, and I think they're going to add a bottom pair defenseman. They don't need to touch their goaltending. And you look at it, like 
if you run into the playoffs and your second line is Gabe Landeskog, JT Comper, and Val Nachushkin, I don't think anyone's going to be complaining too much. And then you still have Alex Newhook on your third line. You probably need to look at shoring up your fourth line as well. And there's a bunch of depth guy options out there. Max Domi is one of them. Uh, Jack Roslevic is another name that I've liked. Sean Monahan is a name that the Avs have been linked to quite a bit, but he has a lot of injury issues, and the Habs want a little more than I'd probably be willing to give up. They probably want a second for him. We don't have a second, and there's no guarantee that if you get Sean Monahan, who is currently injured, that he is going to be playing consistently with your team, as we've seen through the last several years of his career. The guy, unfortunately, just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But if you look more on the depth side, there's Nick Bugstad, Nick Benino, Alex Barabanov, guys like Yessi Poyarvi, I think could be interesting. But unless he goes on waivers, I don't see the Oilers trading him to the Avs. I think that could be more of a offseason thing. I don't think the Oilers have any interest in helping him. That'd be like selling bullets to the guy with the gun who wants to kill you. That, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think there, there's several options for the Avs outside of a big name like Adam Henrique, especially now since the Caps are selling off. There could be a lot of names in there that they could be interested. I really wanted Garnet Hathaway to come to the Avs. I thought he'd be great on that fourth line. Unfortunately, he's going to Boston. But there's going to be names out there. They're going to do something. But I don't think it's going to make any headlines. All right, then let's let's talk about some of those headlines. We've we've had all of these big trades. You follow the NHL a little bit more regularly outside the Avalanche more than than the two of us do, and you also live in a place where you're seeing more Capitals news and everything like that. So you can't watch the, the games, NH- though. You can't watch yeah. the apps. He he can watch the games. We live in Colorado, but can't watch the Avalanche. He can watch the games. Um, but Griffin, what is what do you think is the state of the NHL this season? This is Gary Bettman's, I think it's his 30th anniversary as commissioner, if I'm remembering that correctly. He's been in power for 30 years. Uh, first NHL commissioner, by the way, because it was president before he took over the position. But the, the state of the NHL, we, we're coming off of the All-Star Weekend, the the Field of Dreams game. I can't think of the name, what they what the, the stadium series. Yeah, yeah, stadium series game. So what, what are you thinking about the NHL this season and, and just outside of the avalanche, looking over at that monster of an East Coast? Um, well, what kind of stands out to you? I think the thing that stands out to me the most is those six teams in the Eastern Conference. All of them, I've said before, those are a bunch of axe murderers. If any of them make it to the Stanley Cup final, they are equally terrifying. The Bruins, the Lightning, the Leafs, the the Hurricanes, the Devils, the Rangers. Those are all really good teams. And in the West, like we've talked about, it's really that a healthy Avs team that's only one that stands out as a true Stanley Cup contender. And everyone else is just kind of fighting for spots right now for the most part. Dallas looks all right. The Jets look all right. Same with the Pacific. That's not a very good division. They all just look all right. And this trade deadline is going to be interesting for a lot of teams, especially for the Avs and especially in the West, because we just haven't seen that move get made quite yet. And in the East, equally interesting because it seems like everyone is making the big move right now. You obviously had the Leafs get Ryan O'Reilly. Now the Bruins have gotten Orlov and Hathaway. You had the Rangers get Tarasenko and Tyler Mott. And the Devils are rumored to be in on Timo Meyer, and so are the Hurricanes. And now the Rangers might still be getting Patrick Kane. He's They're rumored to be hammering out a framework for a deal and somehow might be able to make that work. But this is probably the most interested I've been in the end of the regular season 
just because there is so much still to get worked out. And the playoffs in all all conferences are absolutely wide open for right now. It looks like the Bruins might be the favorite, but we've seen worse teams than them or better teams than them, I mean, sorry, bow out early. There, this is going to be really interesting to see how everything plays out. The, on the flip side of that, the um, the other thing that I think is very interesting now because look, we obviously are we have a top level team over here, and and we we we, we are looking at playoff and all that implications. How good is Bedard? Are teams going to just absolutely tank these last twenty five games? They like, should. But like, 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 are we seeing McDavid, Kane, like, like go drag this, release, like, go drag we, release? Like, if you're if you're Chicago, if you're San Jose, why the hell would you not get rid of everybody and just say, just throw an eagle, throw an AHL team out there and try to lose every game? Because this kid seems like everybody that is not in the playoffs should be gunning for him. And you're absolutely correct. I'm shocked to see the teams like the Ducks who won a game tonight against the Capitals. The Coyotes just had a nine-game point streak broken last night. I don't understand what these teams are doing. Connor Bedard is absolutely going to be on that level. Maybe not as good as Connor McDavid, but in terms of franchise changer, a guy who's going to come in and be the face of your franchise for 15, 20 years, yeah, this is going to be the most interesting draft lottery I've ever seen, along with a very interesting playoff race and what's going to be an incredibly tight race for the Cup. This season has been absolutely fascinating, and Connor Bedard is that dude. He is going to be wherever he goes, whether it's the Ducks or the Blackhawks or the Flyers or anyone like that, he's going to be a nightmare for whatever division he is in forever. There's only going to be two teams happy at the end of the year. The lottery winners and the Stanley Cup champions. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is not going to be very happy. Yeah, and there's at the end of the season, a team like Arizona is probably not going to be very happy that they ended up winning five and nine games and getting a point in all of them there because Connor Bedard is worth a season of pain for selling off all those guys, getting all those pieces. The Ducks are seemingly doing a great job, but – when they win games like they do against the Caps tonight, it's only hurting them. And the Blue Jackets are putting them so – I think the Blue Jackets are secretly doing a fantastic tank job. Um, unfortunately, they've yeah. had a lot of people be injured this season, such as Zach Wierenski. But they already signed Johnny Gaudreau. And if they add Connor Bedard to that mix alongside Patrick Laine and a lot of the guys they already have in that prospect pool, Columbus, if they do win that lottery, and they're in the good position to do that, could be – absolutely terrifying as soon as next season bedard changes the entire trajectory of your franchise if he goes to chicago kane and taze are absolutely going to be back let's just let's just not hope that happens i really can't that is a nightmare chicago is the worst case scenario well chicago i know that they're probably not going to but like if he has somehow i'm knocking on wood i'm like going all my superstitions if he somehow ended up on st louis I might give up watching hockey. That would be that's, ridiculous. I mean, yeah, but the, uh, that's just, you know, there's a couple. The Red Wings, the Blackhawks, the Blues. I don't want him going to Vegas because he'd have too much. Maybe I do want him going to Vegas. Go to Vegas, Vegas have fun on the strip. We don't have to worry about Vegas. They're going to comfortably make the playoffs. But there's a, there's a lot of teams that I really hope do not touch Bedard with a 50-foot pole because I do not want to be dealing with him on the, the Blackhawks or the Blues. I barely want him in the West. Like Anaheim, I don't want Anaheim to get him. I want to see him twice a season and at the soonest the Stanley Cup final. 
stick him out east and get him out of my life. I do not want to be dealing with that. It's special when you're the best player on the Canadian World Juniors team and everybody that I've heard talk that was on that team just go, oh, yeah, he's he's the best. He's the yeah, best that I've ever played. Every time you hear Connor Bedard, it's like, oh, he put up seven points tonight. Like two of them were shorthanded. Only one was on the power play. And he pulls off the ridiculous, like, spinning backhand shot top corner. Like, the guy is ridiculous. Yeah. He's going to come in here and absolutely dominate this league. We've been talking about him for three years now. He probably could be playing in the NHL two years ago. That's the thing. Like, I I don't know if you've you've gotten to watch the joy that was Kale McCarr's junior highlights. I cannot wait to watch these highlight reels of Connor Bedard. Because Kale McCarr, he's standing at the blue line with one puck one hand on his stick and just like stiff arming the guys coming to try and hit him. And I, Connor Bedard is, is the other kind of that where you're just yeah. dangling like, Oh my God, he put the puck between my legs three times before he shot. And he still like sniped it from the top corner, put yeah. it exactly where he wanted to. This is, it's not fair, but yeah, the uh, Bedard is, he's been that extra little something that, that hockey fans that don't get to worry about playoff runs like we do. Uh, he's been kind of the, the go-to. Yeah, it's going to be very scary wherever he ends up. And on that Makar highlight pack, I for I watch at least once a week that video of him just running over a guy and scoring on the same shift. Like that poor college player is so out of his league. That's a Kale Makar that played in the playoffs like a few weeks later. That was not yeah. fair. Yeah, though I, I – small tangent, but I just coached a wrestling tournament, with the state t- wrestling tournament. The guy that I was coaching lost to the number five guy in the country. And what I told him, I couldn't, I was wrestling him as a 26 year old man, like trying to do do as much as I could to get our guy ready. And I go, I couldn't even, like, I could train my entire life. And that guy's just better. He's just better. He'll, I can never come close to giving you a look like that. Don't feel bad about it because yeah, you you got rolled up in your, in the case that you're talking about, you got stiff armed by Kale McCarr. He's going to be one of the best defensemen that it's ever played in the NHL. You got dangled by Connor Bedard. He's one of the best players that we've ever seen play at this junior level and probably should have gone straight from Pee Wee's up to, to the NHL. But we have the rules set in place. You know, Canadians aren't ready to play in the NHL at 13. Bullshit. I think a lot of them could be ready. Um, but, no, Griffin, we I appreciate this. I, I'm, we can't go longer than a year like we did without having you on. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm we, more than happy to come back anytime. I think playoffs, especially when, when Landy gets back healthy, we're, we're going to try and have you on. I want to get Christian on too. I feel like a, a four, four podcast, four man podcast would be a good one. He's hilarious. He and I have like very similar, like going and, and trying to make the dumb joke just to see if I can get my, my partner to laugh. That's, that's what I've kind of picked up from listening to you guys, but I really enjoy your show. So uh, one more time before I let Nico uh, uh, get in on here, Tell, tell people where you can they can find your podcast if they haven't heard it already. Yeah, uh, the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow my co-host Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. We just try to have a good time. We try not to make things super complicated. We try not to come off as super pompous assholes who just talk down to everyone all the time. We just try to have a good time and we're very blessed to talk about a very good avalanche team in the middle of a Stanley cup window coming off of a Stanley cup and has a very real shot at winning one again. 
Yeah, we we uh we cover the Avs over here for us, but I mean, no one does it like you guys. Uh, if you're trying if you're trying to catch up on and you're in the Colorado area and trying to catch up on um what what's been going on this season, go back and listen to their past episodes. We try to cover the best we can during football season, but obviously other things happen for us that that, that take more precedent. But yeah, we like I said, we've been listening to you guys all season long, and this postseason run is going to be another fun one, I think. So um, it should be fun. Yeah, absolutely it will be. And again, thank you boys so much for having me back on. I would love to be back anytime. Sorry about some of the connection issues. I don't know what was going on with my laptop. It wouldn't wouldn't even let me open for some reason. So I literally could not even access your thing. But next time, won't be a problem. Griffin, Nico and I re-recorded an entire two and a half hour episode because my my thing crashed in the middle of uploading. We know all about connection. That is my nightmare. That is my nightmare. We, me and Christian had to do that once last season, pretty early yeah. on, where the audio was just so corrupted that we were like, this is, it's unlistenable. You can't even understand what we're saying. Yeah. No, no free shout outs, but shout out StreamYard because I just, every time that I'm like a little annoyed with connection now, I think back to Nico, like huddled in a blanket at 1 p.m., 1 a.m. Like, yeah, no, I, we just talked about all of this, but I'm going to go ahead and try oh, and God, say the same thing. <laughs> So, no, we appreciate you coming on, and we'll, we'll definitely have you back. Uh, Griffin Youngs from the Tell It As It Is podcast. Be sure to check them out. Tell It As It Is twice a week, and uh, we appreciate having him on um, and, and joining us for that little bit of avalanche talk. So, Nico, I mean, is, is there anything else that you want, maybe wanted to throw in there while we're, we're still kind of in the hockey mode waiting for the uh, – the fat boy fadeaway guys to, to jump on here. I, I think, I think Griffin hit the nail on the head that the key positions are, are depth, right? Are absolutely depth pieces. Um, I think that look, when he said Nick Benito, my, my eyes lit up because Nick Benito is a guy that, that has a lot of playoff experience in Pittsburgh. And that's a guy that I'm like, oh, if we could get a guy like him, that look, I'm not looking for young guys. I really am not like, like, it, like this team just needs more depth with guys that are hungry for a rush cup plain simple. And how weak this West is. I mean, two games against the stars in the next week and a half can't, doesn't get bigger than that. And right now, look, you, you want to get guys healthy, but this, this team's playing very good hockey without the best guys right now and and things are clicking at the right time it seems yeah i mean things are clicking at the right times i've been very interested i i have a serious subscription so i'm lucky and i can't watch the games but i can listen to uh conor mcgay he called him on the radio when i i have the time outside of things it's just it's hard like you think about this i listen to to spin chicklets like i know you do too they talked about it a couple weeks ago but like an 82 game season, an 82 game regular season. And then if you go into the Stanley Cup playoffs and you go all, if all every series, yeah, if every series goes all seven games, you're playing an extra like 30 plus games on top of the 82. That is a grind and a half. Like there's nothing that you can really compare that to. So the fact that these guys have been so banged up as of late, it's just, it's not that big of a deal. We can and, still recover yeah. from this. And the shortest offseason that, that the NHL has ever had. I think it was two months. What, two and a half months it was? It was like parade. All right. Um, talk about golf, I guess, for two, three weeks. And then, oh, fuck, preseason starting. So let's talk about hockey and football again. Like, it was that quick, it felt like. And, and like I said, I – 
what did we say um, at, at, at Christmas break was um, that we want this team to stay afloat and we want this team to, to be able to be in a position where it is right now. We didn't want it to fall. We, we, we knew that this injury bug wasn't going to go away, but we wanted to make sure this team was where it could help. Hell, hold itself above water until the dogs are back. And right now they're doing that and much more. Yeah, they've been playing a lot better recently. And they kind of, I mean, kudos. I, I kind of threw myself under the bus, but like longtime listeners, longtime bench warmers of this show know, like, <laughs> I still think, I think it was episode 10. I tried to go back into the, yeah, I no, you did. And I'm glad that I listened to you. I tried. I'm glad that I listened to you. But like, go back to episode 10 and hear the tirade that I go on saying that Joe Sackick, of all people, and, <laughs> and Jared Bednar need to be fired. It was like all of episode 10. That's all I talked about. I think it was a multitude of things also. It was the Nuggets were on their, on their, uh, way on their bubble hot streak and, and yeah. i was having a great time and, and we were watching the abs in the bubble we were like this shit fucking sucks why can't we have all nice things and and it just layered onto it i think but like i said i i have there's there's not another gm and assistant gm i trust more or gm and president now sorry because he's not the assistant gm anymore because we upgraded him to make sure he didn't leave um gm and president more than i trust in and uh joe sacking mcfarland all right, we're going to go ahead. I know that the, he, he's not here with his partner yet, but Tyler, I'm, I'm going to throw you into the fire, actually. All right, if you're, good. If you're good to go. Okay. Yeah, I'm um, ready. <clears throat> Tyler McGurk from the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast, the TNB Sports Podcast. He also is a, a per- contributing member on Talking to Gridiron. And speak of the devil, there it's he is, Darren Briere. Yeah, and, and we finally got all four of us here together. We've been talking about it for quite some time getting the fat boy fadeaway slash far end of the bench podcast crossover going. And we're here. Um, I know that we said we we're going to talk about the NBA, but I just realized as we were talking about the NHL at the beginning of this live show, we never actually like Nico, we never officially recapped the Super Bowl. So do we want to do that really quickly. I have it scrolling down at the bottom of the screen. Was, was everybody pissed off? Like everybody was mad about this, right? I mean, as a Raiders fan, how could you be happy the Chiefs won? It's not like they now they have the same amount I have. I don't have anything over them. It's it's not good right now. It's not good, and it's not looking yeah. good going forward. <laughs> it's not. As a Broncos fan, I am right there with you, buddy. We are it's not fun over here. We are not having a great time. No, not at all. Not at all. We can agree on that. <laughs> Tyler, I know your pain. You lost in the NFC Championship. I lost in the AFC Championship. I mean, he didn't have yeah. a quarterback that literally could throw the ball more than five <laughs> yards. So, I mean, he at least had a reasonable reason to be mad. We just yeah, have we, sucks over here. <laughs> yeah, we threw one screen pass the last three quarters of the game once Josh Johnson went out. It was what it was. Uh, but as far as the Super Bowl goes, just the way the game ended with the penalty, just basically wrapping it up and then Jared getting kneeling at the one. It just left a sour taste in your mouth after what was a great football game. But it is what it is. It just seems the way the NFL works these days. All right. We have Tyler and Darren from the Fat Boy with Fade Away Sports Podcast. If you've never heard their show before, uh, you're missing out. I listen every every Sunday, which I have it up at the bottom of the screen. But, boys, if you want to talk a little bit quickly, give your rundown. I'll let Darren talk about Fat Boy Fade Away, and then, Tyler, I'll let you talk about TNB. Uh, because I know that you guys started that one up a little bit like halfway through the NFL season, but you're going to keep going with that with Brian. So want to give you guys your shine. So go ahead, Darren, take it away. Yeah, we got a uh, thanks to you. First of all, for having us on Nico as well for that. We, like you said, we kind of, 
kind of looked at you guys as kind of a first year with it, kind of kept us motivated in some regards. So we're, uh, you know, we're honored to be on here with you. And, uh, yeah, follow us at Fat Boy Fade Away. You know, obviously we're going to touch on all the teams there and Cal- all the Bay Area teams there. Or I guess Vegas doesn't count anymore, but you get the point. We're going to touch on them as well once in a while. <laughs> Hopefully the A's stay in there longer. So that's the point of the show. I'm a big history guy with sports. I like to kind of like touch on things like that. So this Sunday we'll be doing what ifs in the NBA. You know, I got Marbury Garnett, Joe Smith as one of them. I got a few other going in the forward. There'll be some fun ones going with it. So that's kind of the stuff I like to do on Fat Boy Fadeaway. And, of course, Jimmy, you join me on Talk of the Gridiron every week on that, and that's a big part of it on Variety Sports Network as well. So, uh, yeah, check check me out there within, obviously, Tyler's on those shows as well. And Tyler, you can go ahead for TMB Sports. So TMB, I, we joined VSN, and we had this opening. Like, I just saw an opening to start a football uh program make content on a team that i have a passion for which is the 49ers so i just every saturday morning we talk 49ers what happened the week before preview the next week and it's just something i saw brian who's been one of darren's best friends since like high school and i've been friends with darren so me and brian knew each other through that and so i was like yeah let's bring brian on board and it's just we're both passionate we both love the 49ers so we just started doing that on VSN. So it's all basically thanks to VSN, to be real. Yeah, VSN, I mean, that's – Nico and I talk about it a lot. We were on a network previous before joining VSN, and this experience with, with these guys, I know that I gave them a little bit of crap when we were talking about hockey, but that's just the rivalry. Like, Blues and Avalanche, come on. He's I know that you live in – right? Yeah, no, I'm wearing – I got the abs covered. Nico, you want to show Darren yours because – yeah. We, we we mentioned that at the beginning of the show too. The this best is going to be team in basketball? Question mark. The basketball segment might get a little contentious since we have you know a Nuggets guy. I don't even I can't even call myself a Nuggets fan because of how little basketball that I know. When you were mentioning those those history moments in basketball, I was like, I have no fucking clue. Like, Darren, I can, might I can, as well be. Tune in. If, if you need a friend, I can go down some rabbit holes with you, buddy. I can go down some rabbit holes with, 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 in terms of basketball history. Yeah, no, I, I had no idea. So, um, no, it's been great to, to kind of get in touch with you guys through VSN, and, and we're happy that you're on. We're here to talk about the NBA because I know a lot, a lot like you guys, we you were focusing on the NFL playoffs. We totally neglected all other sports because we just wanted to get in, talk about the NFL, and get out. So we're we're here to catch everybody up. So your your job here is to make sure all the bench warmers are ready for this final push of the NBA season, getting into the playoffs and then into June. I know that your your Warriors aren't doing so good right now. We we probably should have done this a few weeks ago when, hold, hold, when they were on, hot. Jimmy. Hold, hold on, Jimmy. No, we're yeah. <laughs> We haven't talked about basketball in a while. We're going to make sure these guys talk about the best team in basketball right now first. That's what we're starting with. Because, look, I, I have been called biased. And I know I am. I know I'm biased. <laughs> but I would love to hear an outside perspective because this Nuggets team, in my opinion, is the best team this, that this organization may have ever put on paper. Ever. Will you talk about 2009, Chauncey Phillips, Melo, possibly. David Thompson, Alex Angus, maybe. But this is one of the top to bottoms, best teams that this franchise has ever had. And I want to hear what the outside thinks. I, I, for me, like, the thing with the Nuggets is, like, I'm with you. I actually thought, like, okay, before the trade day, I'm going to be honest with you, Nico. I was like, they, I think I'm actually at a point now where I can say the Nuggets are a favorite. And that was hard for me to get to. You gotta, you right. That is hard for anybody to get. Very hard for a long. Nuggets are the favorite. Like I don't even know if I could think that, and I was trying to rationalize it. 
But uh, man, after the Suns trade, I, I just can't wait. You guys, and, and that's the big what if, obviously, with it going forward. But that's the one where I'm like, okay, I'm not sure. But in terms of just the Nuggets from out from where I'm seeing it, I'm a little worried. As a Warriors fan, though, but to be honest, I feel like that is a decent matchup for us out of all the teams. I'm not saying I want that. Well, you, matchup, your your team saying, scares like, me. Like top two teams that scare me, it's Phoenix and then you. Like, I, 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 and I don't care if you're the fucking eight seed or ten seed right now. It's, it's Phoenix and you. Oh, right hold now. on, hold it on. Scares the snot out of me. Because of Draymond? Because Draymond can legitimately give Jokic a little trouble. I don't think I don't think any he can give other centers as big a deal. But I think Jokic. Well, at least last year he gave him trouble in the playoffs. So we got to call these Jokic brothers back over to the U.S. because they would handle <laughs> Draymond Green quicker than a hiccup, and then we could actually just get into the basketball of everything. I don't want to. Draymond Green is the, Draymond Green has as much basketball in him right now as I do. He's more focused on his podcast. Uh, that, that's disrespectful. This is a three-time, <laughs> four-time champion. Dude, he's, he's a, such a I'm not, I'm not taking any, any of that away from him. I'm not taking any of And he did he last does. year. We played you less than a year ago, and we handled you in six, five, five or six. It's, it, it's almost the same roster. Gary Payton's hurt or whatever that happened with the Wiseman thing. We'll get into that on Fat Boy on Sunday. Um as far as I like what the Nuggets actually did at the trade deadline, bringing in Thomas Bryant to add a little more size with Jokic, and then Reggie Jackson's a pretty good like fit to build the Bones Island role. I thought Bones Island got a little overrated after the trade. People were talking him up like he's Jamal Crawford. So I actually like what the uh, Nuggets did. Like Darren said, I still think the Suns are the best team in the West just because Kevin Durant is unguardable. I mean, as much as Jokic is, Durant's just a little step above as far as offensively. And then pairing him with Devin Booker is just a dynamic duo that is probably the best one-two punch in the NBA right now. Yeah, I mean, look, these deadline moves, Bones. I, look, I, I watched. I've watched majority of the Nuggets games. I've been to most of the home games this season, and Bones couldn't stop Jimmy if he was fucking running half speed um, down the court. Okay, um, Bones. Bones is electric. I have nothing but love for Bones. I think he's a he has a great story. But but look, when you if you don't want to be in, you get the fuck out. When you start having your, your your brother and your friends talking shit about the starting point guard for your team, you're gone. You are out of here because this team right now has one aspiration. If Bones if Bones is going to sit here and argue about playtime on a team that has the best record in the West and you don't want to be here your second year, that's on you. Go to somewhere else. He's on a Clippers team now where he may not even get run. With Russell Westbrook on the team, so so and and look, Reggie Jackson, in my opinion, is a massive upgrade. This guy, Reggie Jackson, was a 19 points per game guy last year for the Clippers. Like he he look playing for the Clippers, it's He's hard as could be because no one knows who the fuck's playing every night. And it's 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 a crapshoot what your role is nightly. And I think he's gonna fit in perfectly. And Thomas Bryant, man. I don't know what the Lakers thought they were getting in Davon Reed, but 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 Thomas Bryant is is a massive secondary big that we have been waiting for since honestly since Mason Plumley, and before that it's been even longer than that. It, like like this this second unit, you bring in some muscle, you bring in a guy offensively that look like it or not, Thomas Bryant's going to be known for one thing, and that's that's being the guy asking for the ball on the on the record breaking shot for LeBron. But either way, Thomas Bryant is the guy that this second unit needed to get you offensive production. And also, like, he's not the best defender. That's, there's no doubt about that. But he's a big body in the middle that you look down the middle that's going to scare you. I, 
but the last thing I'd say about it from the nugget is from the, is how I'd almost ask you the question then is how much do you trust? Cause that's what you're, we're doing with the nuggets. We're trusting Gordon and Murray. You get my point? Like that's what it really comes down to with the nuggets. And I think that's where like, it's such an unproven ground with them that like, yeah, I know they had that one run in the bubble and they've shown like great plays, but like, that would be my concern with the Nuggets going into a championship round. The West, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, the, the one thing the Nuggets have, the advantage is the West isn't as deep this year. So there is a window. I feel like this is a big window for them, Nico. This year, it's like it's gold for them in some regards. To, to, to go off of your point there, Jamal and AG aren't the guys that really worry me. AG right now has been the most consistent player for the Nuggets outside of Yogi's mind playing this season. So he's not the guy I'm worrying about. Jamal, okay. obviously, you got to keep him on the floor. That's what I'm worried about, keeping him on the floor. But the one guy, obviously, that I think is the X factor is number one. It's Michael Porter Jr. Because yeah. you know, because look, if Michael Porter Jr. does what he did tonight and drops 25 on Cleveland's head, you're going to be winning a lot of basketball games because Jokic he'll get you a triple double with 20, 10, and 10. But if Jamal's not having a night, who are you going to go to offensively? It's going to be Michael Porter Jr. I think this team could go as far as Michael Porter Jr. does because I trust Jamal Murray right now um, to be a cool-headed guy. Because, like you said, he's played in the big playoff moments. He absolutely has. Yes, it wasn't in front of fans, but he has he has shined in that moment. And AG has been the most consistent guy for this team outside of Jokic. So right now, for me, it's it's Michael Porter Jr. that is the guy that is a going to have to step up defensively. Because, like you said, KD is in your conference now. Yeah. Uh, um, possibly the first round matchup with with LeBron James. So he, he, look, Michael Porter Jr. is going to have to be that guy defensively. It's going to have to be the perfect 3 and D guy for your team to knock down the open shot and guard the opposing either second best wing or, or best guard, depending on who you put AG on. I'm just looking at the box score. You mentioned I wanted to talk about Jamal Murray. You got into the point. Sounds like you trust him. I'm not a big Jamal Murray guy, but with Jokic being your facilitator and takes away that role, which I think Murray isn't the best at as a point guard. Who the heck is Vlatko Kankar? Vlatko? You don't know about Vlatko? And I have no idea who the Vlatko is. <laughs> hold, 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 hold on, hold on. Like, you like, pretty good. good. He's if you there. search up Black Coach Hanchar bubble picture, the dude was yoked. Like, the dude, the, dude had it's a, one of the most physically impressive pictures. I've ever it, seen. Is, it is a white dude that, that looks like he should be in a bodybuilding competition. But Blacko actually, like it or not, Blacko has been Jeff Green's replacement. He's been another consistent guy off the bench. Jeff Green has, like, he's been hot lately 25 against Dallas before the All Star break, and then obviously a 10 tonight. But Blacko has been. Honestly, that that seventh or eighth man off the bench, will he be in the rotation of the playoffs? Probably not. Same with Christian Brown, probably not. But but those, that's a guy that during the regular season has been very, very consistent. He's not lighting up the scorebook, but he's knocking down open shots and playing really good defense. And basically, whatever Mike Malone asks of him, he's just have he's just doing. <laughs> and that's all you can ask for when you have those role players. Yeah, I was just shocked at Black Coke. I was like, who the heck is this guy? I'll Black pay attention now like when I see him on the floor. has been on the team like four years, weirdly enough. Um, but, yeah, we I, I just lost Jimmy. I, I, I don't know where we're going here. But let's get to your team now. Um, obviously, things have been a little weary. It's not what you guys were dominating last year with, but – um, you're still obviously in the hunt. You're still you're still a team that nobody wants to see in the playoffs. Do you guys think you'll still be able to stick around in in, in that 
in that playing tournament, or do you think you can jump up to six? Because I don't think you'll be out of the playing tournament by any means. But but do you do you think you guys have that ability to jump up past Dallas, um, sniff around with Phoenix that five or six seed? Go ahead, T. I'll let you take first. Uh, I mean, we've been five hundred the whole year. <laughs> the whole year, we've literally <laughs> gone five hundred the whole year. I don't think we've been more than three games ahead or behind the five hundred mark. Uh, I, I see us in the play-in game. I don't see us getting in the top six with Dallas adding Kyrie, Phoenix adding uh, uh, Phoenix adding KD, and then the Clippers adding Westbrook. Maybe they fall back a little bit. The one team that I could see getting cold is Sacramento. They've played their asses off all year, but that's the one team that could fall out of the top six, in my opinion, and the Warriors could sneak in. I didn't, But I wouldn't bet on it. I imagine the Warriors will be in the play-in game. You guys we'll could at least, like, you know, like, if you're in the play-in, just make sure you're, like, eight or seven. So like yeah, so we have to win one game, game instead so of we can, don't have to play you until like the Western Conference Finals. That would be very very nice. So if we can avoid you, avoid Phoenix until last last opportunity. That'd be great. I I think the Warriors can still get in the top six. I mean the West, it's right there. I mean like they have it in front of them. There's 24 games left. Their schedule isn't. And I feel like towards the end of the year, these teams that they're going to play are going to be in rest mode. I looked at the schedule. There's going to be some guys that might be. Not playing. It's just what always happens in the NBA in that regard. I think there's a chance they get the top six. The way they're playing, like Tyler said, is they're on. They're literally on pace for 41 and 41. If you look at the record, it's like four and four, seven and seven. I mean, it's ridiculous how much has gone on the whole year. I do think if they get in with Peyton and Curry there, it's a, such a different look than, than these teams have seen from them earlier in the year where if the Warriors were clicking – Peyton's kind of like that edge that just they didn't have at the beginning of the year that might spark him a little bit. You know what you know what I mean? Like, and they have the pedigree. That's the one thing as a Warriors fan at this point you're leaning on. We have four cha- the pedigree of three guys and, th- and these other guys, Wiggins. So I don't know. I, I think for the Warriors last year, I've always said it. Like, I'm a fan, but I can be honest about it. We had a good matchups along the way. We didn't have to play anybody that was had a big. You guys were the biggest team we played, and it was only Jokic. And you know that last year you guys weren't ready for the next step. So I feel like this year, if the Warriors have to play teams with more bigs like Memphis again, or you guys again, it's going to wear them down more. And I'm just a little bit weary about that coming, even if we get into the topic, get into the playing game and advance to the top eight. I mean, you're only two and a half out of hosting a playoff series. Exactly. Like like that, that four to that four to the 10 range is is very, very tight. And and there could be a lot of movement in these next 20 games. Um, the, the, the question I have is like, obviously you guys struggling health wise is, is that why you guys, why you guys didn't you guys think that you didn't move Moody didn't move Kaminga, but you said, you know what, Wiseman kick rocks, buddy. We can, we can look elsewhere. And, and do, do you really, do you, do you think this depth for, for you guys that has, has really, honestly, is not as good as what it has been obviously uh, last year and the years before. Do you trust this depth right now? Cause look, Everyone knows what you're getting out of your top two, at least top three now, right? Well, but, but that depth, yeah. where, where do you see those question marks for that for those guys? I, I have no faith in our bench at all, and that's why we aren't who we are the last few years. Like, Moody doesn't get any run. Kerr won't play him. Uh, Kaminga's been great. He's the one guy who's kind of stepped in and figured out, I'm going to guard the perimeter, I'm going to slash, and I'm going to dunk, and I'll shoot open threes. And he's played the role well, but outside of that, the bench is that we're playing Jeremy Lamb and like Ty Jerome. Like, like it's, these guys are terrible, like the players that are getting big run on this team. So I, the bench is terrible. It's definitely one of the reasons we aren't who we were the past few years. 
And I don't know what we're going to do going forward. Hopefully a buyout. It looks like none of those are coming our way. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts on our bench. It's a big concern for me, the bench. Like, I mean, honestly, I think Kerr's going to be down to eight guys when it comes to like the crush. He's going to be, I do like DiVincenzo. They picked him up. Uh, he's been really good for them. He's a, like, he just has a toughness. Like I'd want him and I, I would want him if I was coaching him on my team and he's good. Even at Villanova, he had big baskets there in the during the well, their run. Uh, the he wasn't. He wasn't on that. Uh, he was injured for that championship run from Milwaukee, but he's played big I games. He's on the one team. He, he was. Okay. He was injured though. He got he tore okay. something before the season. Uh, so he he's been good for him off the bench. But like Tyler said, the the depth of the bigs, I don't see how they get away with it this year unless they just like there's some upsets I'm not seeing. Like they're just going to get worn down at that position. Looney can only do so much. Green is going to commit. I mean, they're going to get in foul trouble against some of these guys. It's just, it's the reality of the situation. They're giving up 118 points a game, and they're giving, and they're scoring 118 points a game. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they, and they, 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 they have the worst global <laughs> differential in the whole NBA. It's really, uh, they're lucky to be where they're at, to be honest. Like with oh, the yeah. injury, Curry needs to get healthy and stay healthy. That's the number one thing for this team to be any good. Where the are hell were these guys the when I was – sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, are you guys legitimately worried about the Warriors as Nugget fans? Are you over that? Yes, because of your history. But look, look, I, I, we went through this. I went through this Western Conference series. I'll do it again with you. I'm not worried about Memphis. I think Memphis are fucking frauds, if I'm being honest wow. with you. Their, their Western Conference record is horrendous, and, and their road on the road, they are bad. They are not a good road team. So West, Memphis doesn't worry, about, worry me. Do I really need to talk about Sacramento? Um, the, the Clippers, Clippers, yeah, they worry me. Phoenix, obviously, yes. Um, Dallas, yes. Minnesota, hell no. New Orleans can't stay healthy. And then there's you guys that I'm like, look, if you get hot, there's a lot of teams that, that don't want to see you. Right? Like like we talked about it with, with, with the Avs when, when we were talking about hockey. It's like – they have that. They are the champs right now, right? It doesn't matter what has happened this season. You face them in the playoffs, you're staring down a, a, a NBA champion across the lake. You're looking at a Hall of Famers, arguably one of the best point guards of all time on the other sideline. It's it, like, like not many teams in the West can give you that. Memphis doesn't give you that. Clippers, they have some Hall of Famers. Kawhi Leonard something, but he's not Seth Curry's level of, of all-time greatness. Like, like the only greatness that, that, that would come out of the West that matches Steph Curry right now is LeBron and the Lakers are fucking horrendous. So, 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 so the only, the, when, when it comes to legendary players, it's the same old adage. Like you don't want to face Brady in the playoffs yeah. because you look, you, you have a good team. You may have the one up on Brady and the Patriots or the Bucks or whatever, but you know that 12 is over there. It's the same thing when you face you guys. I don't, it doesn't like, like I said, your depth, I think we can match much better. I, I, but, but like I said, it's the, the X factor of number 30. Yeah. <laughs> this could be like the Cowboys sending us to our retirement <laughs> home now this year. Uh, it's, it, we're not. It's going to be interesting for sure. <clears throat> it, was I – was I invited to speak? I feel like a woman in this conversation. Like, should I just go and make sure that the the food is ready and the beer is on tap? That's that's all I really have to contribute to this conversation. Nico knows. You guys actually haven't heard a conversation where I'm trying to talk basketball. Uh, what I was going to say is where were these uh, Golden State Warriors when I was broadcasting games in college when I had to call like 32 to 38 games? I would have much rather had 118 to 118. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Give me some offense. That's for damn sure. 
Oh man, I, there was one time that a kid hit ten threes. That that is like the one broadcasting highlight that I have from basketball. Um, my question: What is what does this Kevin Durant trade do? I mean, you guys have kind of touched on it. You've danced around it a little bit. I'm interested for all of your opinions because as a, a very layman's basketball fan, I saw the trade happen. I saw that it was a big deal. I've heard everybody say everything about Kevin Durant. All I see is a guy who can't bench press 135 pounds on a on a barbell. So what does this do to the Suns? How is this different than bringing in a guy, let's say Chris Paul, because that was like their last big acquisition. And I know Nico. I saw that little. I saw that little head shake. I get it. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the Lazy fans that are like me. Just saying, big difference. Very, very big difference. Just talk about the Durant trade, and then let me go back to minding my own business. <laughs> I, I mean, we could get into. I, I, it puts them over the top. It really makes them an absolute contender. Where before. They were in that six seed. They, I think Denver would have handled them easily just because adding Aiton – or not adding Aiton, but Aiton being your four, like fourth option just makes a huge difference as far as – and then you have Paul, Booker. The Booker-Durant dynamic is going to be just impossible to guard. If they do one, two, three pick and rolls, like how do you switch it? How do you figure it out? I just think that's going to be the difference. And then you have Chris Paul, who's cl- as clutch as, they, as you get. Like, oh, not make, oh, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, but single games, like if you want someone to hit a shot, he hit the shot against the Spurs in game seven, the Clippers, there's, Many shots he's hit that are big shots. He, does he blow series? Yeah. But I, he wasn't even the best player on those series, than most of them. Like Chris or James Harden was the Rockets guy who made him go. So I, and then having him be your third option makes the world a difference as well. I just think the Suns are the best team now. It, it, we'll see how Chris Paul handled it. He does have that reputation of blowing games. But KD is also the most dynamic offensive player in the NBA. I'm with, I'm with Tyler in the sense that they they gained a top 25 player of all time, right? So like you don't get worse, obviously, in that situation. You have, like Tyler's point that two three pick and roll, that's going to be something that defenses are going to have to figure out. But I think even when Paul runs, it's going to be more deadly because then you're going to have one of those guys on the other wing or on the, the other wing having to one of their defenders yeah. are going to have to make a decision. So I think that's where it's just going to be a, a big problem. I am interested, like we said, back to it. I just think that's where Durant changes the league. He goes from east to west. You just you don't get many trades like that in season where like just an all-time great changes conferences like that. Like it's usually in the off season. So it's such a weird thing. I'm interested to see how it plays out. Like we've talked about the Nuggets. We've talked about the Grizzlies, the Durant angle changes it, but there's also this thing with Paul and Durant too, that there's like this stigma that they just don't get the job done. So I'm curious how that plays out here with them. Look, it's weird to be considered the most selfish players in the most selfish (laughs) professional league of all time. I'm just going to throw that. That's Durant and Chris Paul, by the way. I would hate playing with those two in the same locker room. I can see that. Oh, I mean, it's it's better than playing with Kyrie, so let's just leave that out there. Either, I didn't either, say that I needed to burn I, any sage. I'm just I'm – just, just, <laughs> look, in my opinion, look, this, look to, to counter what, what you guys are saying, if Chris Paul is the guy leading this team in Phoenix to a championship, they're not go- – they're going to fall short. This team is going to have to rely on Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And in my opinion, I said it last year during the playoffs, 
one of the reasons why Phoenix was successful, what they were, was because of DeAndre Ayton. In my opinion, Chris Paul needs to, is the guy that needs to take the back step. If he's the guy who's going to be hogging the ball, is going to be the, be, be the quote-unquote – he's a Hall of Famer – but the quote-unquote guy of the team, this team is not going to do what it wants to be, right? What, the old adage of there's only one ball, yeah, there's only one ball. <laughs> there is only one ball. I don't want Chris Paul with the ball in my hands at the end of the game. I want Kevin Durant. I want Devin Booker. Hell, I want a DeAndre Ayton over it, plain and simple. I don't care about Chris Paul's history because all the history shows is that he had one championship history and he got sick and tired of never going to the finals again and still hasn't been back. So in my opinion with the Suns team, look, they lost a lot of death pieces. Cam, Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges were two great players for them. They were two vital pieces to that Western Conference championship they had two years ago. They were massive pieces. And right now, this step, they're going to have to go into the buyout market. Because I, I watched some of these Suns games, and I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? Terrence Ross is coming off the bench for these guys? Like, like, look, it's the old adage of, well, the Heat had um, LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, right? Like, no, the big three, but they had no one around them. It was before they had Ray Allen, before they had – the, the likes of Rashard Lewis and, and company, and they had nobody that first year. And it worries me with the Suns team, right? Because say 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 Chris Paul isn't having a night. Say Devin Booker's not having a night. Can Kevin Durant lead a whole team of, of Terrence Ross and company when your guys aren't rolling? Right? Like, right? like this team has no depth. You talk about depth. This team has no depth. It has the best starting five in basketball. Right there up there with the Nuggets, I'll say, in Boston. But this this team has the worst bench in the NBA. I I I I, I that's that's where this, this this factors in because look, this team faces the Clippers in the first round. The Clippers can match up with them. You can put Kawhi Leonard on, on Kevin Durant. You can put Paul George on uh Devin Booker. You can put Zubac on DeAndre Ayton. And then you're having Chris Paul beat you uh, 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 against Russell Westbrook slash Terrence Mann. You don't want to face the Los Angeles Clippers if you're the Phoenix Suns. There's teams in the West that I think can match up defensively with them. Memphis, I don't think can. Sacramento can't. I think we can. I I, I think uh, uh, versatility with um, with Aaron Gordon can can get you on Kevin Durant. It's not going to be great, but it can be manageable. And then KCP is a very very underrated defender in my opinion as well. So so and put him on Devin Booker. There is a few teams in the West that can match up with them defensively with their big dogs. But like I said, it's the factor of you have one of the great top 25 players in basketball. It's the same as I said with the Warriors. Like I said, it's still Kevin Durant over there. Um, it's, it's still these guys that are two years removed from, from the NBA Finals, right, where they lost. Um, this Suns team is dangerous. They absolutely are dangerous. They, they scare me. They're, like I said, the, the team that scares me the most in the West. I'm still just trying to keep up. That, that's where I said the bench warmers needed to catch up. I also needed to catch up quite quite a bit. Um, the the trades have been interesting. You've you've been interesting me with Nico. I've I've told you that the Memphis Grizzlies look like. I mean, to to a guy that doesn't watch basketball, the Memphis Grizzlies look like a team that should be able to go on a little bit of a run. And you say that the bravado might be what what kills them. I want to know what the guys from from the Bay think. Darren Tyler. With all of this confidence that Ja and the Grizzlies do have, is that a detriment? Is that beneficial? You guys obviously know. I mean, you've seen what it takes for a team to win championships. Is that good or a bad thing when John Morant is out here and going as hard as he is on how good the, the Grizzlies are? 
Go ahead, yeah, you can go for it. Okay, go I'll go. I, yeah, I think it's funny because we like how we got on the podcast game was a lot of these guys through Memphis, so we've heard their perspective now for like three years, and I think a lot of them, I, I, some of the hardcore fans, are a little concerned. I think about it, but I don't think they're like you know they don't want to like go all in on it. I think like the the hardcore fans know they're a year away. I think that's the image. I, you know, that's what I the feeling I'm getting from them. But obviously, as if you're a fan, you're not going to say that going forward. But I think they feel like they're just a little bit short of it. But for me, the big thing with the Grizzlies is when you say the bravado before you actually accomplish anything. I mean, this year you got to back it up, or you just look really fool. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you might win it in a few years from now, but it, I don't know. It just there's a little sting to it. And with Brooks involved, who's obviously a guy we've had issues with as a Warriors fan here going for and stuff like that. I, you know, I feel like when you make a comment like that, you, you unnecessarily get the attention of other people. As a coach, I'm always like, no, don't. What are you doing? Like, that is unnecessary getting everybody fired up. And I don't think they're that good to where you get everybody fired up like that. No one scares them, though, Darren. No one scares them, right? They're fine in the West. They're fine in the West, right? There's a yeah, fine line yeah. between tough and crazy, and you're flirting with it. Exactly. To, to quote one of the best movies of all time, that that seems like they're flirting with that line a little bit. Tyler, go ahead. I like the Grizzlies a little more than both. Well, maybe I don't know about Darren. Darren, yeah, I, I like him a little more. I hate Dylan Brooks. He bugs me more than anybody in the whole NBA. I think he's a loser as a player. I think you can't win with him. I really think he provides nothing except for like some defense, but the things he does on offense and the things he does to rile other teams up takes away from his defensive prowess. As far as Jaw goes, he needs to just be quiet, less arrogant, just play basketball because the guy's electric. He could be one of the best point guards. He's Derrick Rose, if he, but healthy. So like he's that good. And that Desmond Bain can hit threes. Jaron Jackson could be defensive player of the year. He's that good at blocking shots, playing defense, getting steals. I don't like their depth either. I don't I don't think they'll win it this year. I had them coming out of the West at the beginning of the year. I just, just the more I watch them, like they blew a game to Philly today. They were up 15 on the first like first half. They blew it. They couldn't stop Joel Embiid. It just yeah, I like them. I think they're gonna make it to the Western Conference Finals. I think they'll lose to Phoenix or Denver depending on who they play first. I think you you hit the nail on the head. I see a lot of Chicago Bulls playing tennis in this game. It's the electricity from the point guard position. It's a center and Steven Adams that rivals Joaquin Noah. Uh, he's not going to get you points offensively, but he's going to be gritty defensively. And Jaron Jackson, had Posh Gibson type of guy, right? Like they have a lot of depth pieces that you're like, yeah, they have a dude. They got a dude. They got a dude in John Moran. There's no doubt about that. But it's these secondary guys that have not play big game moments, right? Like, like, like yeah. wh wh who has any wealth of experience on this team right now? Outside of the playing game last year or two playing game two years ago, I think the playing game again last year. Like, now they no, beat Minnesota, then they lost to the Warriors in the second round. E either way, like, like they are, they don't have a ton of experience over there in terms of championship pedigree. And, and they're, they're, they're talking like they run it, right? They yeah. run it. They run everything. Yeah, and you're 500 in your own conference, right? You're terrible in the road. You're 500 in your own conference. Look, we all know the East is absolute dog water. And and, and, and when you play Detroit, Charlotte, Orlando to start the year and, and, and you play all these bad teams in the East, you get all your Eastern conference swings out of the way like Memphis did, it's going to pad those stats a little bit. And when you play those tough Western Conference opponents or those tough Eastern conference opponents, 
you're showing you're seeing what this team actually is. I I really I mean I feel like there's a something to be said for manifesting confidence, but if you're manifesting confidence in the face of like you're not putting in the work, that's where I run into the issue. So Darren, what you're saying about the coach, like I'm all for like one of my athletes being up in somebody's face when I know that they've put in the extra time, but it doesn't necessarily seem like this Memphis team has put in the extra time and like gotten to that place where they can go ahead and say, Oh yeah, we're going to win the West. Like we're, we're good. We don't have to worry about Jokic who's a two-time reigning MVP probably should win his third, but we can have that debate later on in the season. But like, it just seems like it's a little bit – I tend to agree with you a little bit more where it's it's a little bit too early. It's just a little bit like you're almost there. You're on the right track. Like that's where I get the classroom from. Like you're good. You're getting there. You're really close. But that's not the right answer. Get to the right answer first, and then I can give you all the praise. I don't have to tell you it's good except for you don't have it right. That, that's – that's how I'm feeling yeah. about the Memphis team. That's fair. Yeah, I agree. It's just too early. They talk too much for what they've accomplished. They haven't accomplished anything. Yeah. Win something, and then you can run your mouth. Like, the Warriors got a lot of shit before they won anything because they danced after making three-pointers and stuff. So I get it. Like, people weren't big on Curry at times because he danced or Clay or Draymond. Everybody doesn't like Draymond if you're not a Warriors fan for what he does in antics on the court. Even Warriors fans get mad at Draymond for what he does on the court. Like, I rip on him all the time. But, yeah, just play a little more basketball. I think they have all the talent in the world. I think Jaron Jackson's a little better than Todd Gibson, Nico. But it's I see the points you're making. They are pretty similar in the way they play basketball in Chicago Bulls. Quick, quick, quick question just to piggyback off of what you were saying about your team. Um, look, you have a lot of free agents this season, this summer, Draymond Green including. Do you, do you think this is probably the last run with this group? Like, do 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 you think that that I don't know? Maybe you move on from Clegg, obviously, or, or Draymond is is gone after the season. Like, do you think that to get Steph another ring, which obviously, like, he's already solidified his legacy. There's there's not much else Steph needs to do solidify himself as a Hall of Famer and one of the best point guards of all time. But do you do you think that this team tries to retool again and tries to find different ways to to get Steph Curry some different weapons around him? I've said with Tyler, I, I I know this is kind of a bailout answer, but I, I honestly feel like a lot of it is with the playoffs. I feel like that's where they're at with it. I feel like they're an NFL championship. Like, that's what I compare it to. Like, it's basically like, what do they, if they lose in that round, what, what team do they have to get over? What, you know, that's kind of where I feel like they're at. I don't necessarily, I don't think they're going to blow it up. I think they keep green and Thompson because they get worse if they lose them. I just think, how do they figure out to make, they still have Wiggins. I mean, they just can't get rid of those guys. They don't have, like, we just talked about their depth already being an issue. We can't get rid of guys that help us. So as much as they're getting worse, they're still better than what we can get. And so I think we end up keeping them at the end of the day. So that's where I'm at with them with that part of it. I think we keep everybody, but Draymond's still up in the air. That's the one guy I think yeah. could lead because if he's demanding max money, like he said previously, there's no way you can pay him that much money. It's not worth it. Is he like he's detrimental you, to our, or not detrimental? Are he's you going to pay max money to a guy who's going to knock somebody out in the practice gym? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it gets a motivated. He does that. He does that. From the yeah, no, I know that because that didn't have anything to do with basketball. <laughs> But he's very—he's so important to this Warriors team. Without him, like 
not gonna win anything with them. They probably aren't gonna win anything anymore either. He's so like the I enforcer. <laughs> to, to bring it back to hockey, he's the enforcer. Like he's yeah. the guy so you don't need there. enforcer on your own team, especially <laughs> yeah, the best young player you have. The best young player you have. <laughs> you don't think that these enforcers in the NHL punched out a couple of their team? I can't. Even... They, they didn't punch out. They didn't punch out the next big star for their team. I'll tell you that. They punched out a role player. Grants. Grant Never took a right hand from 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 his. <laughs> oh God! No, no. I I look. I I I have to agree. I think Draymond will jump ship and join his butt buddy over there, and and LeBron <laughs> wherever he goes. Oh. So so so. It is you know that is a problem. That is. There, there's a very good chance that happens. Let's all be honest with ourselves here. There's a very good chance that happens. If Draymond's not going anywhere else, he's either going to play with LeBron or he's going to be on the Warriors. In my opinion, he's not going to go to the fucking Atlanta to try to change the culture over there. No, he's not Orlando. Yeah, no. Uh, unless unless they get Bronny and LeBron's also there, then he'll go to Orlando. But yeah. I look, I I I do think that the, the, look, like I said earlier, this the, the, this Warriors team still has a chance. They absolutely do. Um, it, it, like I said, it's it's going to be on the backs of those dudes. But I will say, you are on the latter half of this of this dynasty. Yep. Yeah, we're on the, one of no the doubt. last rings. Last rings out. No doubt. <clears throat> Uh, Nico, I'm going to let you have the last question since I know you might have some basketball questions and then I'll, I'll set it up so that they can talk about their shows on the way out. But this has been awesome. I'm glad that we got to do a fat boy fade away and far into the bench crossover. The bench warmers are probably appreciating it as well. Sundays, right? Sundays is the day that you guys release your new episode. Sunday morning. At fat boy fade away on Twitter, subscribe to their YouTube channel. And then also on the variety sports network, but Nico, your last basketball question because it's been proven we, that I'm not I'm worthless I'm worthless on this segment. We, we haven't talked about the East, so so I, I want to hear what you guys who are the who are the who are your main contenders and who are your main pretenders because the East, in my opinion, like Boston's a very good squad, obviously, but when you look at Milwaukee, you look at Philly, you look at Cleveland, hell, look at Miami and New York, possibly, but Brooklyn, who knows what they're going to be like? Like, there's some teams that could make some weariness for those top four teams. Who do you think are the main, the top two contenders and top two pretenders out of the playoff teams right now? Let's say top 10 in the East. The Celtics to me look like a legit hungry team wanting to win a championship. That team looks like they are just on the verge of wanting something. So that team would definitely scare me in the, in the East and then the Bucks for sure too. They're, I just there's something about Giannis and Middleton and Holiday I like as a trio there with that team. There's just there's a combination there I really like with that team. The teams Aaron, I would, yeah. Not to cut you off, but are your kids as obsessed with Giannis as my kids are? Because I'm telling you right now, I can't go a day and a half without hearing Giannis's name mentioned, just like in the little subsection of students that I have. They're big Giannis fans, and of course Corey Curry out there, of course. But yes, Giannis gets t- mentioned a ton out there. Uh, he, I just think he's just, just such a generational player that like he's gonna be something that always concerns them. And then the, and then the teams that you talked about frauds, I would say the Heat this year probably aren't ready for it. Uh, I just, they just something seems off with them unless they get. But Butler does have a way of playing better in the playoffs. So I'm kind of that team always is so weird for me is the freaking Heat. 
I never could understand that damn team. So it's Pat Riley. It's, it's because of Spolstra. It's because, like I said, it's it, it's Bill Belichick in the playoffs, right? It's, yeah. it's 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 the it's it's not necessarily the team. It's the grittiness of that Miami Heat team that you have to face in the playoffs. They're not going to be a fun team to play in the playoffs for anybody. You may beat them, but it's going to be five, six games, maybe seven, where you're wearing your ass down. Yeah, and the Cavs are the other team I'm not sold on yet. That's the other one too. That's what, yeah. I mean, I basically have the same answers as there, and I like Boston. I like Milwaukee, especially with Chris Middleton, Giannis, stay healthy. Um, I hate Philadelphia's team. I, I love, I like I Embiid, but the rest of the roster is just not my type of cup of tea. I don't like Tobias. I, Tyler. <laughs> I I'm not a Philadelphia guy, and that's a question I wanted to ask you, Nico. There's obviously like that rivalry between Embiid, not even a rivalry, but a fan rivalry between Embiid and what Jokic. What a rivalry! Yeah. What are your thoughts on Embiid and like I know you how much you love Jokic, but what are your thoughts on Embiid? Those, like I'm, I'm, those Sixers trolls are are strong. Let me tell you, being a guy <laughs> that's on our Twitter account, every time I say something, they always find a way to our profile. So it's a good time. Look, Embiid, I think he's the second best player in basketball. He's not the okay. best. He's, he's not the best. I agree with you. That's what I, I just hate the rest of that team. I, I hate Harden. I think Harden is one of the worst players to watch. If you were a ba- if you were a new basketball fan, my God, do not watch the Sixers because they will shoot free throw after free throw after free throw and huck up threes for, for a living. Obviously, it's a lot different when in terms of Golden State threes versus Philadelphia. But no, like Philadelphia is the biggest fraud team to me, in my opinion. I I, I think Cleveland is a team that is a up-and-coming team that's, like, like we said, two or three years away. I think Cleveland has a lot of great pieces. I love the construction they've done over there with their starting For line sure. especially. Um, I think that they could be a real contender here in a couple of years, but not this year. I think Philadelphia is the big pretender. I'm not sold on anyone else five and below. Like I, I, I New York. I think New York is going to have a lot of hype around it because it's New York, but I don't, I don't trust them in the playoffs. I, the only reason why they get past the playoffs would be, would be because they face a team like Philadelphia or Philadelphia or Cleveland in the first round. Um, I look, I struggle with, 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 with what I'm thinking about Milwaukee, right? Because it's, it's the same old adage like, Josh is, is just unbelievable, right? He's unreal, but like, can these guys stay on the damn courts? I I I, can, I I cannot remember the last maybe the last time I've watched a Bucks game and, and it's full was when they were in the finals. I'm serious, like yeah. fully healthy because like like this team they stayed afloat so much. And I think that look, I, I think Boston is, is all that in the box cookies. You don't, we can we can go on and on about Tatum and Brown, but Milwaukee right now is the one of the best coach teams and and one one of the best teams in terms of. Um, depth and and firepower in the East, and, and here they are sitting at two with one game back from the East. They're a team that I'm like, these guys can do it again, right? These guys can absolutely do it again. And if you're Boston, like, it, it seems like Boston and Milwaukee are just on a collision course. It really, it really does because the rest of this this conference, unless MB does some spectacular things, which I think he 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 can do. Um, I think those two are on a collision course. And to, the second down on what, what you asked, Tyler, in regards to Embiid, like I said, I, I, I joke that he's the second best big man in the NBA. I, I have nothing but respect for how good of a player he is. I think he is a, a top-level player by all means necessary. But the man dribbles the ball damn like, – like he, he relies on his size. And, and sometimes when Philadelphia is struggling, they're a team that, that Embiid will just huck up threes. 
when they're down. And, and, and when they play from down, we all know yeah, Doc struggle. struggles. We all know Jock Rivers does not like leads in the playoffs or trying to come back from <laughs> We all know the, the master of the 3-1 uh, 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 comebacks, Doc Rivers over there, is going to hurt them in the long run. So, like I said, you have a generational talent in Embiid, and, and, and I cannot say enough good things about him. He's just not the best player in basketball. Yeah. He's the second best. Yeah. He's the second. Like I said, nah, I'm not – and it's the same old adage of LeBron versus Jordan. It's not obviously a completely different level, but people will say, well, Jordan's a great, but LeBron's nowhere near his level. LeBron's still number two. Like, like, any, anyone that doesn't have Jordan, that, that doesn't have LeBron as number one, if you don't have a number two, you don't know ball. Playing simple, right? Like, 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 I agree hard. Like, like, you don't know ball. I you can don't have know ball, and I have him number two. I'm just letting so, you know so, that right now. So, so, and that's what I think with with Embiid. He is this all world talent. He's done incredible things. But if you want to put the stigma on that Jokic, that that analyst this past week, because there hasn't been basketball since Sunday outside of since today, analysts have been trying to say, well, Embiid, uh, Jokic is a, is a playoff hideaway if you the guy averaged a triple double and averaged 30 against you guys and 30 20 30 15 and 10 um in the playoffs in a losing effort um he, you have to say that same thing about Embiid. you have to say that same thing about harden there's a lot of guys you have to say that chris same paul thing about. chris paul playing, playing simple what do you think of the pundits now i've heard in the last week going why, why are they changing the goalposts russell westbrook got ripped for being a stat merchant stealing stats but Jokic is getting this like I'm not. I don't think they're the same player, obviously. It's, but it's, I've heard it this couple last couple of weeks, and I was like, oh, I wonder how these guys feel about it. It's it's different games, in my opinion. It's different games. Like like you said, look, Russell Westbrook is it was was a point guard with with a team that 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 well, he was a secondary guy, right? He was the he was the secondary guy to Kevin Durant. He was the quote unquote. Maybe first, maybe secondary, depending on how you want to see it. With no. Paul George when he's there, there in OKC, when he was getting those triple doubles. The thing with Jokic is he naturally does it, right? He naturally grabs 10 boards a game because he's under the rim. He naturally gets 8 to 10 assists a game because he's bringing the ball up the court. And he naturally gets you points in the bucket. It's a lot different than Westbrook where he's yelling at everybody to get out of the way and let me get this rebound. He's yeah. passing the ball with, with, with 10 seconds left up by 20 and saying, hey, uh, um, hey, knock down the shot, Jeremy Lamb. It's, it's, it's different in that way. Because Jokic doesn't – we called it here in Denver the Sambor triple-double where it's it or the or the where it's a du- double double with nine assists because no one in the in, in a long time Jokic consistently no one consistently more gets gets 20 10 and 9 than Jokic. Jokic ends up with nine assists it seems like every other night and then the other night he gets a triple double it seems like. So, it's effortless and it's different in a lot of times in terms of those different teams and how they see themselves um and look Westbrook is, was shooting also 20, like 30% yeah. from the field. So a statistic no one wants to talk about that, that people are just completely forgetting. Jokic is shooting 65% from the field this season. He is, he, 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 there's some nights where he shoots 10 shots and makes 10 of them. He shoots 12 shots, and makes 11 of them. It, it's consistent. It's not hucking up threes and hucking up shots to, to, to get you to 10, 15, 20 points a night. It's, 
it's dicing you up however you want to do, and Jokic is doing it a lot differently. I, I look, Russell Westbrook was the first guy since Oscar Robertson to average a triple double. There's no denying the, the greatness of Russell Westbrook in that MVP season he had. But right now, what Jokic is doing is is different that we have never seen from the big man position. Never, we have never seen it. And 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 look, this is a guy who's never wa- didn't watch well. Maybe Wilt was like this, and, and Wilt, 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 Wilt put up dumb numbers in his heyday. But I had never seen a film tape of Wilt Chamberlain. But I would, I would assume it looks something like this with a lot more points, because no one in the game of basketball over seven feet has been, had the handles, has had the the the, the IQ of Nikola Jokic. Yeah, I, the, the difference to me when I just watching it, the ball, the the play runs through Jokic. But he gives the ball up. The ball comes back to him. It's not just him pounding the ball, waiting for something, like you said earlier. It's a, it is completely different. I just wanted to hear your side of it. It's just how stupid it is people even compare the two different positions, like it's you completely said. Completely nightmare difference. I agree. The, the only reason why they want to say that is because of the triple double stat and all that. And you think, uh, because look, you have to compare Jokic to somebody because, because what he's doing statistically is something that has been matched since. Literally all of us weren't, weren't born, yeah. right? So you have to compare yeah. it to somebody, and the only guy that can that that analyst nowadays can think about is Russell Westbrook because quote unquote he is listed as a stat batter. And I think they want to protect Larry Bird getting three MVPs in a row. No one's done it since. Yeah, they, they, they desperately yeah. they desperately want don't want that to happen. And look, unless something drastically happens, there's a very very good chance he gets his third. I'm serious. There's yeah. he he right now the straw poll 76 of the votes. Best team in the West. Best team in the West. 20 games, 25 games. It's not going to make that much of a difference unless Tatum goes on a 40 point spree where he has 40 points and 10 games in a row. Where Embiid does this is simple. People want to put all that all that hype on that Embiid versus Jokic matchup and fucking beginning of February because that was the MVP decider and blah blah blah. But right now. There's only one team out of the Sixers, the Nuggets, that people are really considering contender right now, and it's the team Jokic is on, and that's because of him. I I don't have anything else, Tyler. I'm I'm gonna let you. I'm good. Uh, that was a good chat. Thanks for having me. Like, yeah, I had a lot oh, of thank fun. Thank you guys. Yeah. One one question that I do have: Is it snowing where you are too, or is it just where Darren is? Because just Darren where said Darren that his- is. I got a, I got like, it was snowing, but it wouldn't stick to the ground at all. I'm not. It, I was gonna. It wasn't. I, I don't count that as snow. That's not snow. I texted him. I said, "Is everything okay?" Because he had to drop out. He goes, "Yeah, no, the Wi-Fi went down because of the snow." I said, "Well, if you get more than an inch, I'll count it." We had five <laughs> inches last week, and we didn't even get like a delayed start. It was seven we, degrees we had, today. Yeah. Yeah. I, we got a delayed start today. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll give the school district kudos for that. But we had like six or seven inches of snow on the road last week. We didn't even get anything out. So uh, plug the TNB podcast one more time and, and let people know where you're, uh, where they can find you because we appreciate you coming on. We'll have you guys back again as well. Yeah. Fat um, Boy Fadeaway every Sunday morning. Check us out. We go live with, on VSN, StreamYard. Um, and then I do the TNB. It is not consistent right now because of the offseason. It's hard to find content to create uh we're going to review the 49er season based on the quarterbacks we're going to do the trey lance this week next week we'll do the week after that we'll do garoppolo the week after that we'll do the purdy games and yeah so you can check us out on tmb podcast uh right on vsm football on youtube thank you guys for having me on uh oh, Jimmy, thank you. nico it's always great. Yeah, we- 
we appreciate you guys. Like, like I said, we love interacting with y'all and, and the chances, like I said, we all, it's hard for all four of us to, 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 all, to get on a show at once. We all have four different lives going on. It's, it's very difficult, but no, we, we appreciate you having you on. Like I said, we, 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 we like I said, we, like we said with the Teladabs is podcast, we cover the NBA over here, but you guys have covered the NBA pretty well all season as well. And, and like I said, we, we don't cover California more cause I don't like a lot of California teams mostly, but, but, but if you want, if you need California dose of, uh, of information and, and, and product and everything, you guys are one of the best to do it. So we appreciate having you on. And, and, as a, of a little bit before this podcast started going live, you guys will have the give and go, which looks like it's going to be the, the basketball podcast of the VSN network. So just like how talking the gridiron talked about the NFL, the give and go will be on and, and starting soon. Darren's going to, to head that up. He's going to host it. I don't know a better place for you guys to talk basketball other than your own podcast. Cause Nico, yep. I need you to talk basketball for our show. Tyler, I know you love talking about the warriors, but that the give and go for for VSN is going to be starting up, so I'm sure we'll we'll see you guys making appearances on that show as well. Yeah, you guys ever want to come on one of our podcasts? You're always welcome. We'll reach out in the future. Nico, you want to come on give and go? You're always welcome. Absolutely, brother. Jimmy, I'll, if you'd I'll want to, start. I don't know if you'd be interested. But both of you. Well, I could. I could be there. You guys just have to like talk to me like I'm five. Jimmy can be the moderator. He'll be the Regis Philbin. Or I could do that too. I I had broadcasting school for a reason. I can I can set up a schedule. I'll I'll, I'll mediate. Make sure everybody stays civil. Keep the gloves on here. Punches that's above a, the belt. That's a true professional right there. Uh, Tyler, we appreciate you, and we hope you have a good rest of your night. Thank you for jumping on live here Absolutely. on episode one twenty seven of the Far End of the Bench, Nico. That was, I mean longer than I thought we were going to go with our guests. I, I feel like that was it always happens that way, though. It, it does, because we're just we're, – we're chatty as it we're is. Chatty, yeah, you, yeah you, you and I could probably talk for four to five hours at a time, but our the friends that we made are – there's a reason why we're friends. Like, there's a kindred spirit. They love talking about sports. We would just sit here and talk about sports. I, I made the joke a few weeks ago, like I'd go through the drive through someplace and people would be like, oh, talk about the game last night. Oh, yeah, you see the game? Yeah, I did. It's not like I want to – I already talk about it on my podcast, but I don't want to talk about it with you. But it, it just seems to be something that we're we're good at. So um, I had a blast. I, I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun. And, and, and like I said, I love being able to talk shop with, with – hockey and basketball and obviously we'll talk some more college basketball coming up to um, the coming weeks going into March Madness um, next next week also I'll, I'll do a little preview um, there's a very very good chance I will be at the Jones versus, versus Gane fight in Las Vegas next weekend is all I'll say do we have to, do we so have to put out, put out the so medicine man stick we, we may have to uh, uh, give our old friend a call for a little UFC whatever it's on Whatever number the they're on right now, yeah, call so we can preview that a little bit. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll get you. We'll do a live uh, preview show. Even I could do it from outside the stadium on my phone if we want to. We yeah, can figure something I out. Do, but uh, I have, I have shit now on the weekends. Now the wrestling season's over, so whatever we can find, 
I'm good with making content. So yeah, like like I said, we we wanted to dive into these hockey and basketball because look, football. I, I mean, I'll, we don't want to say it, but we'll say it. Football is the number one sport we cover. We talk about football in the off season for a reason. We talk about football mainly throughout the season for a reason. But we cover the hockey and basketball are number two and three, no no doubt about it. So we 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 wanted this episode to dive into nugs, dive into to the Avs. Dive into everything we could um, on on all ends, so we cover our bases, so that we're well prepared for this playoff two playoff runs, uh, yeah. to a two two championships, two banners up there in the Raptors. Come, what is it? October when the season starts? Yeah, no, that would be awesome because I was just at Ball Arena all weekend for the state wrestling tournament, and if I ever got down or like needed a reminder of where I was, look up into the Raptors. Oh yeah, twenty twenty two twenty three. Stanley Stanley Cup champions. It's time, Sorry, it's, Brandon. It's time for one for Denver. It's all. It's time for a basketball one. That's all I'm gonna say. It's time. Yeah, uh, I, I would love seeing a basketball banner up there. Real quickly, we're gonna wrap up. I, I promise the people that follow us at FEOTB Pod, we're wrapping up the pick'em. I ended up winning. Uh, remember, it, it, just a reminder because we didn't have an episode. Yeah, no, I won one. Woo! I'm proud. I wish I had. I'm proud. I wish I had a sound made. I also wish that we would have won, got the winner right, but you know, it's fine. That's yeah, fine. I wish that. But here's the thing: you were half a second off on the national anthem because I timed it. I know. I was so close. A lot of yeah. people lost a lot of money on that. I saw it was hilarious. How? It's it's almost like he knew. Like Chris Stapleton is a gambler, he and he's like, he gave the little wink at the end. He's like, yeah, you guys know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what what like what rigging is or or how rigging works for singing and everything because you could you could bet on the anthem. And, Banner and, yet wave and, and, and the and the uh, and all of his buddies. If I were if I were Chris Stapleton or any national anthem singer for the Super Bowl, have a chip in your ear that says all right, one minute. Hurry up, buddy. Pick it up a little. Pick it up a little. Pick it up a little. Yeah, or I'd say please. slow down. Slow down. Whichever way the money, the, the, the best odds were, you hammer the opposite way and tell the guy, hey, slow the fuck down, buddy. Like, take it easy yeah. here. It seems as though the last couple of years especially that the that the singers have, have taken that into heart. Because, right, we thought Chris Stable would have hammered the over. I forgot who last year was, but I think we said under two. And, uh... and he – and I think Eric, hammered Eric the over. Church was two years ago. Eric and Church I remember him, I think he hit the over too. Oh, All yeah. these but it was it was four country singers in a row hit hit the over in this one. That's you had science going into this. Exactly. So so you know it, it sucks that I lost by half a second, but at least I didn't put money on it. Yeah, and then we both lost the Gatorade challenge. Uh, I think they didn't I hit even my show over. it until after. I don't dumb it yeah, down. It was like job. purple. It was one it was job. purple or something. You had orange, I had blue. Um you had first touchdown as an odd number. You might have hit that one because Travis Kelsey scored. I think Travis Kelsey was the first touchdown. Right? No, no, no. Philadelphia scored first. I don't know who oh, it was. Yeah. And I can't – yeah, I don't uh, remember I think who, it, it might have been Jalen Hurts. So I still would have won that. It could have been. Yeah, you, you still might have won that one. And I think I hit, I hit my over four and a half quarterback sacks, quarterback sacks yeah. as a whole because Patrick Mahomes decided not to run until – the very last second when it was most necessary, just like he did in the AFC championship. It's almost like he knew what was going on. That's uh, our wrap up there. So hopefully I've got one pick them down. I'm going to win the college football pick them. If for nothing else than just bragging right to my own house, I can't have my brother who plays college football at a different division and doesn't watch the games. I've mentioned it a few times, the amount of time that I put into watching these college football games 
I gotta start winning some of these pickups. See, see, I Jimmy, gotta start. You're forgetting about one little thing. You're talking to the reigning, defending March Madness champion that beat seventy other brackets last year. I think it was seventy or how, how many do we have? I think oh, we have, it was over a hundred. It was like oh, one hundred. Either way, the number one guy right here. Yeah, yeah. yeah you heard that right. Yeah, we have that coming up in two weeks because because the, the tournament starts in three weeks. Wow, fuck, I need to watch more college basketball. But, yeah, tournament starts in three weeks. So, hey, come for my title because, look, college football picking, that's nice. Let's bait two people. I beat 100-plus brackets over here. Come at me. Let's go. I want my belt for, for the for the March Madness bracket. And to be fair, that's because I watch – Fucking mid-major basketball for no fucking reason on the random Tuesday night when there's no NBI on. So maybe that's why I probably won that. Yeah, the, we are the champion of the mid-majors. When we were doing shows for Color Cast, we were like, "Oh yeah, let's do let's do Georgetown versus Murray State. Why we'll not GCU? Well, because nobody <laughs> because nobody knows the players. Nobody knows the players. That's why we wouldn't. I'm do the that weirdo. Game. I'm uh, the I'll raise my hand. I'm the sicko that knew the players. <laughs> <laughs> you did know the players. Uh, I think that's a, a as good a way to wrap up episode 127 as any. Uh, this has been awesome. Thank you again to Griffin from Tell It As It Is and uh, Darren and Tyler from the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast. Be sure to follow at Tell It As It Is and at Fat Boy Fadeaway. Uh, those are great podcasts. Fat Boy Fadeaway every Sunday, and then Tell It As It Is is dropping twice a week. Wednesdays and Sundays, pretty much directly following all the Avalanche games. So Nico said it. If you're a Colorado Avalanche fan, you need to be listening to Tell It As It Is. If you're a big basketball fan, Fat Boy Fadeaway now is going to start every podcast with Warriors talk because it's it's not football season. They don't have to talk about the Raiders and the 49ers. They can just go out there with basketball. So be sure to check those guys out. We appreciate them coming on. We appreciate everybody who tuned in live. Be sure to listen back. If you missed any part of the live show on YouTube, you can go back, follow um, at FEOTV Pod, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and then follow the podcast wherever you listen so that you can hear the playbacks going. But, Nick, this was, this was awesome, and, and I can't wait for our live uh, bracket challenge pick em show because I've, we got to find a college basketball analyst, but then we're going to bring him on. We're going to make him a part of this thing because hey, I feel I'm, like I got a good shot to win. I'm currently listening to like four college basketball podcasts. That's all I'm going to say. I just listened to I, the part I, of my take with Mark Titus. That's all I've listened to. I, dude, Mark, Ty, my Mark Titus is a dude that I've been following for a while that I, I love listening to. He, I mean, he's he's very smart. He's 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 the quote unquote uh, last guy, literally far end of the bench guy that was on the Ohio State Final Four run. Way back when, so so yeah, no, I I have a lot of college, college basketball right basketball right now is running through my veins, running. I'll I'll, I'll pay attention to the Avs. I'll watch. I'll bet on them here and there. But after March Madness, that's when I'll dive deep into the Avs because college basketball and basketball is just living through me right now. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time. So be sure to follow, subscribe, continue to listen, tell a friend, leave a comment, a like on the YouTube channel. And then be sure to check out the far end of the bench moving forward. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryan, this has been episode 127 of the far end of the bench. Special thank you to Tell It As It Is and the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast. We will see you guys next week. Peace. If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench.